Baylor, how are we doing? Let's go. It is an honor to be here with you tonight at FM 72. I just think anytime we as a campus can change up the rhythms and, and, and make more time for the Lord by going to that big old tent. Everyone look back there. You see that tent? That's for us to just make time between classes. That's for us to give up lunch and fast and pray and open up our Bibles together and just seek the Lord and see what could God do with a, just a little change of rhythms. You see, I think what God does when we change up our rhythms is he brings something fresh and something new. And that's why it's such an honor to be here with you tonight. Because I think for four nights, we're going to gather, we're going to worship around, and we're going to learn from God's word, hear testimonies from students. And I really believe what God could do with this group is immeasurably more than what you could imagine. Like I think about even tonight, I just want to start with maybe something you as Gen Z haven't heard before. And it's just that I'm proud of you. It's 46 degrees out here. I personally am freezing. And so I just want you to know I feel you and I'm proud of you. Like the scriptures tell us that uh, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And I just think the harvest is plentiful and the workers are y'all. They're you. Like what you don't understand is if you really understood the gospel and, and our, our purpose to share it with others in this campus, in a day, if you just shared the gospel with 10 people, if everyone went and shared with 10 people, the whole campus would be reached in a day. And if every one of them grabbed 10 more people, we're talking about the cities of Dallas, which we know Dallas needs the gospel, right? Like we don't understand what's possible if this crew, if this crew really understood what the scriptures tell us about who we are and what we're here for and how we ought to live in order to accomplish the very things, the very purpose that God has given us. So that's what we're going to be looking at tonight. And I just want to start by telling you a story from when I was at Baylor. When I was at Baylor, uh, uh, we had a, a really good football time. We're still good at football, don't, don't get me wrong. But we had a really good football team. We were on a 13-game winning streak, and we had college game day, but it was up in Stillwater. Anybody been to Stillwater? Nobody. Y'all need to go to some away games. This is terrible. All right, so I go up to Stillwater. It's college game day. It's freezing, much like this. Uh, and, and I somehow get a ticket to the game. But as I'm at the game, there's 60,000 Oklahoma State fans in orange. And I am in my green and gold. And I'm freezing, much like tonight. Like, just like this. And I, I remember it like I, it was yesterday. It, it was... It was freezing, and so I would, I would run to, the, uh, to get some coffee just to warm myself, and they would scream at me. And then I'd go to the bathroom, and they would scream at me. And then we were good at football, so whenever Baylor would do something good, I would cheer, and they'd scream at me. And whenever they would do something good, they would scream at me. And it was just this game where, where truly I did not belong there. 
Like I, I was so out of place and I was alone. I was alone. And I look back on that moment when I was at that football game in Stillwater and I think about how, how so often we don't realize that we as God's people are meant to stand out and not blend in. And so that's what we're gonna start tonight. That's what we're gonna start FM 72 with because I think the very things that God has shown us in the scriptures of the ways that we're meant to stand out, not for our glory, for his, the very things that he has shown us for us to stand out in are the very things that we're, we're not really being obedient towards. And it's the things that are causing our anxiety. It's the things that are causing our confusion. Like, what's my purpose? Why am I here? It's the very things that have us grabbing for every distraction that we can imagine. It's the loneliness. And I really believe God has a solution for us in the scriptures. And when we rightly understand them and obey them, then we stand out. We don't blend in. And so if you brought your Bibles, you should bring them every night. We're going to be in 1 Peter 2. Verses 9 through 11. And I'm going to show you three things. Classic Baptist pastor, I know. I'm going to show, you, show us who we are, what's our purpose, and how we ought to live. Before we open up to the scriptures in First Peter, just know, Peter's writing to the church in Asia. And just think um, modern day Turkey where where there have been major earthquakes last month. It's been in the headlines and the news. It's a real place, real people. Peter's writing to the church there because they're undergoing and, and, and experiencing persecution, but not the persecution where they were being killed just yet. He wrote this to them in preparation for that, but they were really just experiencing uh, uh, verbal persecution. They were outcasts. And it was real and it, it was even severe, I would say, but it wasn't to the point of, of them killing Christians yet. And so he's writing this to encourage Christians in 1 Peter 2, starting in verse 9. Again, who you are, what your purpose is and how we live. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and people that do not belong and exiles, to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. Amen. I want us to look just to the first part of verse nine for my first point. He's talking about who the body of Christ is in Asia. He's just reminding them to encourage them. You're a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. 
He's taking Old Testament terms and using it to to show that they are God's people. Similar to the way Israel was God's chosen people, such is the church. They're similar. We're not to get into the theology there. We're just gonna say they're similar. And there's this phrase that I want us to get. It's this, a people for his own possession. The first point tonight is who are we? We belong to God. We're his own possession. And I think the English here is lame. Like this Greek word here is lit. Here's what it says. It means two things. Who knew? It means two things. A people for his own possession. The word says we belong exclusively to God. Like there's nothing else we belong to. That those that are in Christ belong exclusively to God. That's what the word means. And then the other thing that the word means is that it, i.e. we, are so valuable. In fact, we are the most valuable thing. That's what that Greek word means. That's the roots of those words. And for those of us in Christ, that means we belong to God exclusively. We don't belong to other things. We're in other things, but we belong exclusively to God. It's the most important thing. And what's encouraging is if you're here and you're like, I'm not even sure if God likes me. I'm weird. Hey, it's okay. One, one thing, we're all weird, okay? But you are so valuable. First thing is we as God's people, we belong to God. And what this does is this changes everything. And it's even proven, like, how do I know we belong to God? Uh, let's just say uh, I asked, hey, whose water bottle is this? From the, from the worship team, whose water bottle is this? Who does this belong to? If somebody raised their hand, they'd be like, man, it's mine. How do I know it's yours? How would we know it was somebody's if they paid for it? And we don't realize that we belong to God. Why? Because he paid for us with his one and only son. That's how we belong to God. It's been paid for. He purchased us with the blood of his one and only son. And that shows you how valuable we are. That he'd be willing to give up his one and only son for you. Yes, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So every excuse in your head of why God can't forgive you, it's not true. It's not true. So for those that are a part of the body of Christ, we belong to God. And if anyone's here tonight and you're like, I don't know if I belong to God. I don't really believe that Jesus lived perfectly, died and rose from the dead. This is the good news of the gospel, that we have the opportunity to belong to God because of what he's done for us through his son's death and resurrection, and that you have value in him, and that we can belong exclusively to him. And why it's also so important is because on this campus, everywhere we go, we're just trying to find identity in something. 
That's why we have stuff on the jackets we're wearing. It's why we go to football games. It's why we're in certain majors. We are just searching for places to belong. What's funny is we did it all of high school and yet we're still doing it today in college. And this solves that problem of loneliness. This solves that seeking and that that longing to belong. It gives us peace that we belong to God. And that's the good news of the gospel. The first point tonight is that we belong. Second, I said it was our purpose. So we belong to God. What does that mean? Our purpose is from verse nine. I'll I'll repeat it. You're a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession that belong to him that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And so our purpose is to proclaim the excellencies. I know we don't use these words anymore. It just means to talk about Jesus and how awesome he is. It's very simple. The word I want us to, to use tonight just to, to put this into a word is we witness. That's our purpose is to witness Each and every day, our purpose is to witness, to proclaim the excellencies of the one who called us out of death and brought us into life. And I think so many of us, we don't have really something to witness because God brought us out of death to make us good. That ain't it. That's not the gospel. The gospel is that we went from darkness and death into light and life. And that's a story to tell. That's a story to tell. And this is our purpose, much like Jesus says in his last words in Acts 1.8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. He's talking to the body of Christ. He's leaving And he said, hey, the one thing I want to leave with you is you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the nations. That's our purpose. So we belong to God, and that gives us purpose, which is to witness to who he is and what he's done for us. And we don't realize we're all witnesses of something. Anybody like barbecue? You're all a little dead. Anyone? All right. Favorite barbecue restaurants. What do we got? Hellberg. Guess, VTEX. Anything else? All right. Let's get outside of the Waco area. All right. What else? Famous Dave's. What? McDonald's. The McRib does not count. All right. All right. Come back. McDonald's, man. That was your shot and you took it. There you go. (laughs) McRib does not count. Here's the deal. Uh, I took my son to Fort Worth uh, Friday and I I snuck to a barbecue restaurant called Heim. And I love Heim. I think it's amazing. Has anyone ever been to Heim barbecue? 
No. Are you serious? There's people raising their hand. Turn around. Look. Anyways. Heim is amazing. I got these bacon burn-ins. And my, I asked my wife if she wanted one. She was like, absolutely not. I don't want boiled fat or whatever it is. Uh, fried fat. Excuse me. And so I'm eating it and I'm texting friends about it. I'm telling my wife, I want other people to see how amazing it is. I want other people to taste how amazing it is. And that's when it hit me. We all witness about something. We all witness about Starbucks, Celsius. We all witness about TikTok. Oh, let me, let me show you this TikTok video. It's amazing. You've all seen something that you want to show to other people. That's what witnesses do. They see something. They experience something. And they show it to others. And that's what you and I are called to do. Hey, I'm just wondering, if I'm willing to talk about Heim with a bunch of people on Friday, why wouldn't I want to tell people about the greatest thing that has ever happened in my entire life? Which is that I was dead in my sin. And by God's grace, he gave me life. And it was undeserved. It was undeserved. Our purpose is to witness. And I think some of us see people on a stage and we're like, yeah, that, that's, the, that's the people on the stage's job. And I'll even say as a ministry leader, I'm sorry for so often putting on the stage in my generation, it was like Tim Tebow, and Sadie Robertson, and they're amazing. I think God uses them. But sometimes I, I look at them and just think, well, he just uses Heisman Trophy winners or people on TV. He can't use me. And that's a lie. God uses them, and God uses you and me. That's our purpose. It's to be witnesses. No matter who we are in Christ Jesus, that is our purpose. And the question is how? How, how, do, we, how do we really do that on this campus? Like what does it really look like? I'm gonna be really simple and really clear. Three uh, questions I ask that, that guide a conversation. Do you have a faith? That's what you ask people. And hey, on a scale of one to 10, if you died tonight, how confident are you that you'd go to heaven? And if you stood before God and he said, why should I let you in? What would you say? Those are the three questions I use. I use them all the time. I, a lot of my friends use those questions and I've never been told, oh my goodness, don't ask me those questions. Never. I've always gotten, huh, that's a good question. I've heard that question before, but I, that's a good question. And so I want you to be witnesses. I want you to do what God has called you to do. And to help you, just after I finish, we're going to spend some time praying. God, who can I witness to in the next 24 hours? Like who? Who? Bring somebody to mind, bring a name, bring a face. Who do you want me to share the gospel with? 
Who do you want me to have a conversation with? Who do you want me to invite to FM 72 for Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday night? And if you're like me, you're gonna sleep and forget. And so what I'm gonna do is uh, once a name comes to mind, we're gonna write the name, first names only. That'd be savage if they just walked over it on the way to class. You're gonna write a first name only on the, on the sidewalk and then there's gonna be pebbles along the sidewalk for you to put in your shoe so that you wouldn't forget. So tomorrow, all throughout the day, you're gonna be walking with a limp. Get over it, I'll be joining you. We're all gonna do this together. I did it today. And I started to have a conversation with a neighbor I had never met. And I, I, I could feel the rock. And I was like, I need to share the gospel. I need to share the gospel. I, right as I felt the rock, I was like, all right, Lord, I'm about to share the gospel. And then the neighbor totally shut the door on me and walked away. But it's the thought that counted. <laughs> I'm serious. We don't have to be perfect. We just need to be faithful and even be thoughtful. And to, and to be courageous. And I really do, I, I, with sincerity, I was ready. And then he totally, totally shut the door on me. But I know I'm gonna share the gospel with that neighbor. And so whatever name comes to mind, I want you to share the gospel with them. I want you to witness to them tomorrow or tonight. And I hope that rock won't let you forget before you return back here tomorrow night. So first, we belong to God. Second, we witness. And third, from verse 11, beloved, this is out of love. I urge you, this is urgent. As people that do not belong, that are foreign and sojourners and exiles, to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. My third point comes from that second half, to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. How do we abstain? We battle. My third point, how do we do this? How do we keep from the flesh waging war with our soul? We wage war with our flesh. And what we know is this battle it actually isn't of flesh and blood. So we invite the spirit of God to help us in that battle. So how do we live? We battle. And in fact, this verse just shows us if we don't battle our flesh, it's gonna battle against us. Our flesh will wage war against our souls if we do not battle against it. And many of us don't realize. Like, why are we so anxious? Why are we so depressed? It's because we haven't waged war with our flesh. We haven't abstained from our flesh. 
And therefore, it has waged war with our soul. We think this compromise is okay. And we just continue to compromise, continue to compromise and wonder why we're so anxious, why we're so depressed, like all these things and we don't realize it's like cancer. We must battle against it or it will battle against us. It is that serious. And my friends, this is where I missed it when I was here. This is why I feel unworthy. Because I feel like Jesus was my savior. He saved me from hell. But he wasn't my Lord. He wasn't my authority. I didn't battle against my flesh. And so it waged war against my soul. The sins in the parking lot of Collins in Penland on 10th Street, on 9th Street. It waged war. And by God's grace, he brought some people around me to disciple me and teach me how to walk in freedom, how to live in the light. And I learned to battle my flesh and I stand before you I'm in freedom, in grace, in the light and I'm grateful. But so many of you aren't witnesses because you're stuck in sin. And the flesh has waged war with your soul. And brother and sister, I have good news for you. There is grace in the cross of Jesus. There is grace for you and for me. And so I don't want you to miss it. I want you to understand that we battle. And you may think this is crazy. You're like, Dale, this is radical. This is, this is so weird. Like we're going to be, we're just going to be weirdos for Jesus. <laughs> That's not it. You may look different. But that's because you belong to God. Which means you're just a foreigner here in this world. You are made for another. You're a sojourner and an exile. And you're not alone. Jesus too came to the earth as a sojourner. He didn't belong here. And we belong to him. And so we rightfully look different. We rightfully stand out. We don't blend in. And so how do we battle? What do we do? We abide. That means we remain connected. We're a branch. We stay connected to the vine. That's daily abiding in Jesus. That's how we battle the flesh. We remind ourselves that we belong to God. And then we witness. We live out our purpose. And then we, we, we daily allow the spirit of the living God to guide us. That's the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead is in us. We get to walk with that spirit. 
daily. That's how we battle. And then the last two, we bring sin to the light. Even the last 2%, we bring it to the light. That's how we battle against sin. We confess our sins to one another and pray for one another that we may be healed. We bring sin to the light. We confess our sins. We even confess sin at the thought level. That's how we battle. That's how we live in freedom. That's how sin doesn't wage war against our souls. But those last two, bringing sin to the light and confessing at a thought level, they require community. And I'm not just talking about church attendance. I'm talking about being connected to the body of Christ. In order to confess sin, you have to have community. In order to confess sin at the thought level, you have to have community. In order to bring sin to the light, you have to have community. It's like that OSU game. Y'all remember that? Really cold OSU game I told y'all about? That game would have been way easier if my friends had been sitting with me. When those uh, taunts and that yelling at me, it would have been fine because I would have been with my boys. Right? Amen? And don't get it twisted. When the world hates us, we love our enemies. I'm not mad at the OSU fans for hating me. They just don't know the goodness of the Baylor Bears. When they hate you, for following Jesus. We draw near to them and we show them love and we show them grace. We love our enemies because they don't know the goodness of Jesus. And so in summary, we belong to God. We witness and we battle. We battle. I want to close with this. My story while I was here was one of pride. It was marked by me doing what I wanted to do when I wanted to do it and then kind of going to church when I wanted to as well. Just to feel better about myself, I was one foot in, one foot out. And it was all from a place of pride. And I'm not just going to broad brushstroke everyone here and just say, y'all are all prideful. Like that's, that's not it. But what I do know is God opposes the proud and he gives grace to the humble. What I know from Psalm 51 is a broken and contrite heart is the sacrifice that God wants. Like what I know is that if God were to out, uh, bring an outpouring of his spirit on our people, it would require humility. Like we'd have to be a people praying for it and asking God for it, having the humility to ask God for revival and knowing that only he could do it. No person giving a sermon can do it. I can't do it. You can't do it. God is the only one. So we have to just say, God, would you do this? Would you do something that we couldn't imagine? Would you take us 
broken people with breadcrumbs. And would you multiply them to reach our campus, reach our city, and reach the nations? But it starts with a place of humility. And I just don't want our pride to get in the way, Baylor. In all the ways that we do what we want to do, however we want to do it. Would we repent for the ways that we have willfully and knowingly disobeyed God? Would we be a humble people that consider others better than ourselves and reminded ourselves of this and and put on this mindset like that of Jesus who didn't count equality with God something to be grasped but came down in the form of a man took on flesh was humble and obedient to the point of death on a cross for you and for me he's our example of humility when we give up, when we not count equality with whatever we have, anything to be grasped, we have nothing. Would we give it all up? Would we deny ourselves? Would we pick up our cross and will we follow him? And will we daily from a place of humility let God use us? I believe he can use this group to change the world we are humble unto the Lord. So let's hit our knees together. Let's pray. God, would you give us humility? Would you remove our pride? Would you join me? everyone to take a moment and talk to God in the quietness of your own heart. And I just want you to ask God to bring revival in your own life, personal revival, which would create corporate revival. It starts in our own hearts. Revival starts here. And would you ask that God would remove any pride that he opposes that would get in the way of him reviving you and reviving this campus. Let's take some moments. Let's pray for this.